Okay, I have to be honest. Uh, I was going to deliver an episode about all of my travels and how I would iPad only for this week's episode of the Productivityist Podcast, but plans have changed because my head's still spinning from the travels. So next week's episode is going to contain how I would iPad only and uh, my recommendations for productive travel and all that fun stuff. I'm actually working on an article for work shifting about being a road warrior as well or a productive road warrior. So this week what I've done instead is we're going to do the Chris Bailey episode this week. Now Chris did a whole year of productivity experiments. He's from Ottawa, a fellow Canuckian. So you're getting two Canadians in your ears this week for the price of one. And again, I'd like to thank all the Patreon supporters for helping me out and being understanding with uh, all the craziness that's been going on. And again, if you want to support, just go to productivityist, uh, patreon.com slash productivityist. And uh, I will be back next week with a brand new fresh episode with just me talking about the iPad only travel experience as well as how to be a productive road warrior. But for now, we're going to dive into uh, some questions I had with Chris Bailey of what was a year of productivity and now a life of productivity here on the Productivityist podcast. Enjoy. What are the, what, which experiments did you kind of like, which ones stuck and which ones did you ditch? Like which ones after you saw the results are like, yeah, no, I'm not. That, no. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny. Cause like, cause most of the experiments either involve like doing something to excess or mm-hmm. completely removing something from my life. And so, you know, like meditating for 35 hours over seven days, I, I have a daily meditation ritual but, you know, that's just taking that to the extreme or watching 70 hours of TED Talks over seven days. And there's there's other ones where I remove elements from my life, like using my smartphone uh, for only an hour a day for three months. That, that one was that one was a tough one. But so they they involve either you know doing something to the extreme or completely removing something from my life, which is kind of extreme, too. And there's kind of remnants from each of these experiments um you know after i do one of these experiments i take everything that i've learned over the course of the experiment and distill it down into an article that's that's pretty easy to get through so somebody can benefit from the things that i've learned and you know of those lessons most of those stick with me um you know they they've each kind of changed me each of these experiments have changed my habits and the way that I live, but maybe not in a directly noticeable way, but maybe more in a nuanced uh, kind of fashion. So, you know, for an example, using my smartphone for only an hour a day for three months, I used to have my smartphone on me, you know, 100% of the time. You know, it was always my little buddy going with me everywhere. <laughs> But but now it's like I, I just noticed it's it's in the other room right now. Like I, I didn't even know where it was um, because I was just focused on other things and trying to manage my attention so it wasn't spread over a hundred things and maybe it was spread only, over only a few. Um, you know, one one experiment that the one that probably impacted me the most was working ninety hour weeks. So so for the month of February, I it's not as extreme as it sounds because that would be just impossible to do for a month right so for february i alternated between working 90 hours one week then 20 then 90 then 20 just to be able to contrast the two weeks against one another Mm -hmm. and that probably changed me more than any other experiment that i did because you know there's this thing that people do i I think one of the biggest mistakes that somebody makes when they try to become more productive is to say okay i'm just going to throw more time at this problem you know they throw more time at a problem instead of um, trying to sharpen their attention or get more energy to bring to that problem in the first place. Like, you, you know, you have uh, a few of my friends are still in university 
and they they do these reports that maybe take them four hours. But while they're working on that report, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, they're checking their email, their cell phone is buzzing. And, you know, if maybe they're dedicating 50 percent of their attention to that thing. But if they dedicated 90 percent of their attention to that thing, maybe it wouldn't take four hours anymore. Maybe it would take one hour. And so there are the there are these gains to be made by being able to manage your your energy and your attention and not just your time throwing more time at a problem. That makes sense. I mean, and that's the thing is I think we and we talked about this earlier. I think that the idea of focusing, I think attention has a lot to do with with the task as opposed to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, <clears throat> effectiveness should come first. Effectiveness first, efficiency second. Because I mean, if you build, a, 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 and I use this analogy a lot, if you're a carpenter and you can build a deck very fast, but you're not, but you haven't really taken the time to get better at being a carpenter, that deck is going to kind of suck. Yeah. Whereas if you build a really <laughs> great deck, but it takes a lot of time to do it, but then you start to template it out, right? Like you, you have a very familiar path that you go down, your mm-hmm. workflow, like you use things to support yourself during the process of becoming more effective then that speeds up things that's why people use you know and, and this is the thing is that the tools right like i'm a big task manager guy obviously i use task management applications i don't use email or calendars for for that purpose because first off that's not what their intended purpose is no and secondly but but what happens is is people go well i've got this email i can use this as a support mechanism for my tasks but really, it's like you wouldn't do that with your mailbox, right? You wouldn't go to your physical mailbox and go, and keep everything in it all day long until you needed yeah. it, right? So like, what do I have to what do I have to do today? Okay, let me walk down to the mailbox exactly. and see what's on my to do list. Yeah, exactly. Like it just doesn't how much make, sense does that make? It doesn't make any. But the yeah. best part is that because we and that's why I mean, what I love is that I mean, the fact you you talk about your smartphone leaving it behind. I mean, it forces you to my God, think. Uh, or be, you know, be present as opposed to be distracted. I mean, because that's the other thing is as one of the things I talked about at the South by Southwest talk that we did, the panel that we were on, was we talked about the three Ds, uh, disruption, distraction, and diversion. And the disrupt- disruptions are things that you really, you know, you can't mitigate, like the fire alarm going off or something like that, that, that you've, you've put a bunch of, you know, think- systems in place to avoid the distractions because distractions are definitely controllable. But disruptions yeah. are those things that pop up that you have to decide how you're going to deal with. Distractions, when they happen the first time, they may be a disruption, but they can easily turn into distractions. And then what's worse is the diversion becomes the worst thing where you get yeah. caught down this path of diver- like this diversionary path. And that's where I think you're talking about attention. That's where attention comes in. And if you don't have the energy reserves, again, talking about the rest of the stuff, if you don't have the energy, then what happens is, is that you're, um, you, you can, you, you're, you fall prey to that diversion a lot easier, right? Yeah, and, and you know you can kind of play around with these three different elements really interestingly. Like one of one of my favorite techniques to get more done is to you know if something's if I think something's going to take two hours, I schedule maybe an hour and a half for it. And, and what that does is that forces me to expend more energy over that shorter period of time, and so I can get it done quicker and have more time to do things that are more meaningful to me at the end of the day. A lot of people say, you know, they feel guilty when they they leave work after working 40 hours, but if you get used to working 40-hour weeks, you're also going to get used to expending more energy and attention over that shorter distance of time. Mm -hmm. Instead of just throwing more time 
at a, at a problem where you're going to procrastinate more, you're going to work on lower leverage activities, and you're not going to be as productive at the end of the day. Like there's this whole paradox that I've kind of realized that just because you feel productive doesn't mean you are productive. Exactly. You know, yeah, you, every, you feel, everyone, everyone's busy, right? Everyone's yeah, busy. <laughs> every single per- you can be busy sharpening pencils all day. Mm-hmm. Like you'd technically be busy, but you're not actually producing anything. Anything. Now, if your job was simply to sharpen pencils, oh, like an artisanal pencil. Exactly. Sharpener. Well, hey, you know what? It's it, stranger things have happened. Um, are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. You know, I, I hear your point. I mean, it's just like someone, when I have the discussion with people about email, they're like, well, my job is email. I'm like, well, your job's probably customer service. It's not email. Yeah, and, it's and, it's never email. Like no. When you work for a company, you get paid to produce specific and measurable results. Yeah. And that hardly ever includes email. Sometimes it does. Like right. if you're a manager, and, and email, sometimes that. Yeah, email can be used to measure those results, but it's never the, it's, it's always the catalyst for something. It's, ge- it's generally, I mean, in, in many cases, I mean, it's not the result. It's, it's, if anything, it's, it's an activity that leads to the result. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, so when somebody says to me, I mean, I did this talk in Vancouver for a large, like for the BC Human Resources Management Association. And people, when I talked about their That's email. That's a fancy name, eh? It is. BC, it, BC yeah. It's lots of acronyms. I think if <laughs> if five, five letter acronyms are bizarre, uh, or six in this case, actually. Um, Maybe but, two or three tops. Two or three, yeah. KFC. That's, that's my rule. C, well, CIBC. CIBC. CIBC is all right. It's okay. CTV, CBC, yep. CNN. Yeah. They're all true. good. But once yeah, you start to get good. into like S.H.I.E.L.D., NORAD, yeah, no, just, to, no. just to make words, no. Radar? No. Yeah, no. no. Um, <laughs> but what I what I found was, that, first off, email. Whenever you talk about email to somebody, they, they, their eyes, either their eyes glaze over, first they roll their eyes, or they go, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know email. Like, it becomes yeah. this thing. And then you explain to them when they're like, well, no, but I have to answer. Like, the, the argument where... I, I and I'll say I go never answer email first thing in the morning. They're like, but I have to. I'm like, no, you don't have to. They're like, what? Yeah. But what if I have email? I'm like, if you have, if you answer email first thing in the morning, what you are saying to yourself is that what I have in mind for today is not nearly as important as what someone else does. And, and the thing is, is someone I've had people say, but I've had, but my job is email. I'm like, what about the emails from yesterday? Do you have tasks associated with those? Well, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, they're in your task manager, right? Well, no. I'm like, see, that's the problem. Is if you had them in the right place, then you could technically still be working on the tasks associated with past emails. But the problem is you open up the email, and it's like opening up a Pandora's box every single morning. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, technology, you know, your cell phone, your email, everything. I think people look at that the wrong way. They they just kind of see what's incoming, but all that stuff exists for your convenience, not the convenience mm-hmm. of every single other person on the planet. And once you kind of realize that and and you stop letting it, you know, hook into your heart and move you around and control you, then you can really, you know, step it up a notch. And be, because I think a huge part of productivity is feeling in control. When you mm. feel like you're in control over your time, you feel like you could just kick ass all day long. But when you feel like you're pulled around by all your commitments that you have to do, and that's why a lot of these systems are so powerful in the first place, because they flip that switch from people you know, pulling you around to you pushing back on the commitments that you have to do. That, that, that's why these systems can be so powerful, I think. And And what happens when we don't fall when we fall prey to that stuff is that we just start checking off boxes because then we can yeah. say well look what i got done look i got to inbox zero you know look i you know and that's when you get even more um you know you'll check off you know menial like trivial things like take out garbage or yeah. clean desk right because then it gives you that sense of accomplishment because that's your brain loves that it releases the dopamine right like it loves anytime and that's why one of the things i love about using paper in a lot of cases, especially for like, I mean, I rarely pull out my phone when I'm trying to add a task. I'll pull out my field notes notebook because I get that rush of crossing something out either when it's done before it goes to my digital task manager or even when I move it to my task manager. There's some sense of execution happening, which yeah. which actually spurs further action or progress or whatever you want to call it because and that's why a lot of people like, oh, I love just checking things off or I love because there's a feeling of and I wouldn't even say finality, but just of, of achievement and of accomplishment, even on the most silly of things. I mean, that's why I love the checklist manifesto book. But what I found fascinating about it was that most people think it's about checking off boxes, but it's more about having a system in place so that you don't miss anything in a procedural 
perspective, right? You've have yeah. you read the book? You've read the book, right? I haven't. No, it's a great book. Um, by the way, one thing I want to just shift gears real quick is that if you have you looked at Blinkist yet at all? I haven't. Oh, no. I'm gonna send you the link because, <laughs> dude, it is um, it is amazing in terms of um, what it does. Is remember Cole's notes? Clearly, yeah, you remember. Yeah. I mean, you were in school for a long time. You oh, must yeah. remember Cole's notes. Of course. Of um, course. So what it is is it basically takes um here i'll put it in the in the skype chat here so what it does ignore the short url i can't believe they gave me that one um but what it is is it is uh non-fiction books that are that are basically um compartmentalized into what they call blinks so you get all uh, like it's like it's like juicing it's like book juicing so they take all of the really good elements and they still leave some anecdotal stuff in there because it adds context. But you can get through, and there's a lot of popular titles in there, a ton of nonfiction books. Hmm. I read six blinks over the long weekend. I mean, and they take. Did you of- actually? Did you actually pick up stuff from them though? Well, yes, I did because it's not. It's not just like it. it basically, what it starts off with is. I mean, again, Cole's notes. The main point of this article is this. Like, remember when you read Macbeth and Macbeth goes, "Oh, the ambition, blah blah blah." That's the theme, and then you read like all of the 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 little anecdotal stuff as well as some of the critical points same thing and and this is what this does for these nonfiction books because it doesn't just go here's the main point it actually includes some of the story and anecdotal stuff in there so that you're not sitting back going oh my god i i at least you know here's what the point of the book was it's like oh here's here's the chapters here's the sections here's the takeaways here's some of the stories behind it and it's digestible in I mean what it's actually done for me is is not only giving me some some extra content to read, but figuring helps me figure out what authors I necessarily like better than others. Okay. What it also actually has spurred me to buy two books. It actually I don't I don't, I don't know how I feel about this to be honest. Because I love sitting down, you know, mm-hmm. in the mornings with you know, just all my devices shut off with yeah. a nice cup of tea. I'm drinking some right now. It's an mm-hmm. Earl Grey Green. It's lovely. Oops, oh, I almost <laughs> broke the glass. <laughs> but but I, I love that feeling. And to and, try to... And I, it, do t- I, do, I do too. Like how, how much does it shrink it at the end? Like if you have a 300-page book, oh, it, how it, many pages... It, it, it's, not, it's not down to pages. It's down to time. So for example, if you look at it, you get... Um, and just give it a try for three days or whatever. I think it's like a three-day trial. It's just worth looking at because... What, I, what I've done is it breaks it down. They've got an iPad app too, which is nice because you can read it on your iPad if you want. Yeah. Um, is that it, it, it breaks it down into time. So, for example, some blinks are as short as 15 minutes while others are 22 minutes or longer. And that doesn't necessarily mean like that I don't read longer books at all because there's some – but it gives me an option. It's like, hey, you know what? I want to read – what's the new book that um, – uh, shoot. So Daniel Goleman's Focus, for example. I think it's in there. Um, that's one I want to read, but I want to get an idea of, of if it's what I think it's going to be, I'll read it in Blinkist and then go, Oh, I want to buy the whole book. Um, so that's what, I mean, Ryan Holiday's stuff, like for example, trust me, I'm lying is in there. I mean, I don't need to read that book because it's kind of not really necessarily in my wheelhouse, but he's got, he had the new book that's coming out. The obstacle is the way. And I'm like, well, I like his writing style. And I like, I mean, one of my favorite posts he's ever written, uh, he's written two, obviously. One was his, like, the how he gets writing done in his note card system. And also his paper library, <laughs> which I've which I've yeah. actually started to keep my own paper library um, oh, over cool. the past year. So, I mean, I can look at that and go, oh, I really liked what his, what his message was behind this. I am going to buy his new book. So, for me, and it's like five bucks a month, I think, or something like that. That's not too bad. But it's, it's nice because... 
it's almost like remember when you'd go into HMV and you'd listen to like an album because it was mounted to the wall, even though you only knew you liked one song, and you go, "Do is it worth buying the entire album?" You know what yeah. I mean? It's kind of that's how I treat this. I don't treat it as necessarily a, a full replacement for reading, but it what I do treat it as is, "Hey, I'm getting." Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now, a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. You know, some really great points out of this material. And if I really, and what I'll do is I won't go and turn around and buy the the Kindle version or the Kobo version or the iBooks version. If I like something in Blinkist, I'll buy the paper version. Okay. So it's, I'll, I'll have to check this out. Yeah. Take it, 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 to me, it's, it's, it's if anything, it, it's one of those re, it's one of those things where I saw it and I'm like, this is a life hack. This is actually a life hack that that can, if you want to, and I hate using the term, but I mean, for me, it's like, okay, if you want to get more reading done, more valuable reading done, and hopefully spur on a, be- a, a habit that's worth fostering, and this can help you do it, that's something worth doing. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, it's, yeah I'll, I'll, my mind is resistant to the idea, but, you know, Thinking about it more, I think, you know, there's books that I would want to read the full version, but Mm -hmm. there's that kind of next layer underneath that I won't have time to read or skim or anything. And this might be a good, good uh, solution for those books. So before before we wrap up, because it's we're we're running a little long, but that's okay. I'm having a blast. And and, uh, what is the one thing that you suggest people do to in their efforts to be more productive and then what do you believe that they shouldn't do that they that people have said, oh, if you want to be more productive, do this. And you found through just experience or through experiments. And I know that you wrote a bit about this, the biggest mistake people make when they try to be productive. But yeah, but if you could like break that down to say, hey, this is what this is what I think you one one single one thing. If you do this, if you start now, you're going to see results. And then if you do this, you're probably not going to get the results you want uh, because it's it's it. it you need to either be in a certain place time or it's just not going to work. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll start with the negative one, something sure. people shouldn't do. I, I have so many, I have so many ideas for how to answer that, but I'll, I'll just say one. Sure. sure. <laughs> I, I think that idea is to start with why, you know, there's, there's a great book you mentioned it by Simon Sinek named start with why, where he says that the best businesses in the world know why they do something before they think about how they're going to do it or what they're actually going to make. And, so I like to take that kind of approach to productivity. You know, I think behind, how do I say this? In, intention behind your action is kind of like wood behind an arrow. You need it. You need to know why you're doing what you're doing or else you're just going to be kind of doing it mindlessly and not really feel it. You right. need to feel the things that you're doing. They have to be um, meaningful. They have to contribute to your life. They have to make you happy. And, you know, this is this is so obvious, right? 
so so much of productivity advice is obvious. Like the top tips I could give somebody is exercise, get enough sl- sleep, and eat well. But you know, common sense isn't always common action. Just because people just because people can make sense of this idea when they hear it doesn't mean they actually do it. You know, but take take the time several times a day to stop. Maybe set an hourly chime on your phone. There's apps for that, and when it goes off, think about why you're doing what you're doing. And think about, okay, is this aligned to what I actually want to accomplish? Like you, t- you talk a lot about time. And I think there's kind of three layers, three levels to how people spend their time. There's a person's time, which is kind of at the bottom. And that's kind of the raw resource that you spend. And then there's tasks, which are kind of layered on top of that. They sit on top of your time, um, how much time you have. And then there's the outcomes, which your tasks lead to. And knowing those outcomes and constantly thinking about those outcomes will help you not only decide what tasks you do, but will help you consequently uh, know how to spend your time because you can work your way down that kind of those three levels. But so something uh, someone should do, actually, that's something someone should do. I I said I was going to start with shouldn't, but (laughs) but somebody (laughs) should, you know, really think about uh, the intention behind their actions. I think that's key. Uh, shouldn't. Yeah, we talked about a, a couple of them earlier, and uh, I, I think you know trying to wedge these habits that don't really fit with who you are is one of the worst things that you can do for your productivity. I think um, when, when I was in second year university, this was a few years ago. I subscribed to the New York Times over one summer because I thought you know I, I want to be that guy to who reads the and I got up early every Sunday because I bought the Sunday edition to you know press a nice cup of coffee and read the New York Times but then when my roommates went home for the summer I, it suddenly kind of struck me that okay I don't actually enjoy reading the New York Times <laughs> and so you shouldn't try to wedge these habits into your life that don't really connect with who you are that don't have that intention behind your actions. You know, like trying to force yourself to wake up early is a huge one. Um, You know, there is no difference in socioeconomic standing between somebody who wakes up early and somebody who wakes up later. There's all these articles on, you know, these are the top 20 people who wake up early and this is why you should too. Richard Branson wakes up early, so hence you should do everything that Richard Branson does. But it doesn't work that way. Like we all get the same amount of hours to do our work in and to live our life in every single day. It doesn't matter what time you wake up. What matters is what you do at that time when after you do wake up. And so, you know, trying not to wedge these habits into your life when they don't really fit with who you are uh, is something you shouldn't do. That I think that's that's a big one. Awesome. All right. Well, Chris, uh, thanks for thanks for joining me today. Um, yeah, for sure. It's been it's been awesome. And for those listening. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that we talked about. We, we actually chatted for um, over an hour. So um, there's going to be some stuff that you're going to find maybe in future episodes, um, you know, some of the tips and stuff. Uh, but, uh, Chris, where can people find you when you are not, uh, you know, chatting with a fellow Canadian? One of, I think we're, <laughs> one of, we're, one of the, uh, we're two of the eight people in Canada that talk about productivity. Just, so. uh, <laughs> just two Canucks there, Bob. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Eh? <laughs> All right. So uh, where can people find you? <laughs> yeah, so my my year long project is named a year of productivity, and it's at a year of productivity dot com. And it's uh, just but, and it's just wrapped up as as this area. Yeah, so. it's it's just wrapped up, and so what I just launched, I guess speaking in the future, 
I'm like kind of teleporting through time with this podcast. <laughs> it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an exciting journey. But I just launched, quote unquote, just a, a website named A Life of Productivity, where, you know, I don't really want this to just be encapsulated in a year. Productivity is very much something I want to continue experimenting with and interviewing people on and reading about for hopefully the rest of my life i have been for the last 10 years about in a less you know official capacity but uh, this is something i want to keep going so a life of productivity is where you can find me and if you're curious about my year you can go to a year of productivity.com too and you could be followed on the twitter at uh, a a y o p right or is it a year of, yeah, is it again it'll be uh it, right now it's a y o productivity for a year of productivity but i have a feeling um, it's going to be a lop yeah, it's going to be A L O productivity probably. Yeah, Unless A LOP is free, that would be sweet. A LOP would be free. I don't think it will be, but no. we'll have it in the show notes for everybody. And, and <laughs> whatever I decide, it'll be in the show. It'll notes. be in the show notes. It's, it always goes in the show notes. Um, and again, if you want to pitch in to Chris's project, it's still going to be up there, right? So the people will be able to pitch in and 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 help you out along the way. Because let's face it, the kind of stuff we do, we do to help people so that they don't necessarily have to do it themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and my my whole philosophy is to just kind of help people out with this stuff. I don't have ads, don't have sponsorships, don't have any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, if you find what I make valuable, you can pitch. You don't have to, no. but if you find what I make valuable, you can. Awesome. Thanks again, Chris, and thanks to everybody for listening to the Productivities Podcast. We'll see you soon.